0: Welcome back to Settle the Far. This is Corey Garvey. On this show, I talk to people who have made big jumps in their lives about the motivation they had, what it was like going through the process, and what they learned looking back on all of it. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Today, I'm talking with Jimmy McCullough. Jimmy is a school social worker on Long Island who deals with a lot of the uh, somewhat most challenging situations that happen within a school and has an ability to empathize with students unlike anyone that I've ever met. Jimmy started his career at World Courier in Queens and was uncertain of where he really wanted to go and what direction he wanted to push things in at that time, but after going through some personal sort of thinking and, and understanding, he realized that helping others and especially the youth who are looking to learn and those that are maybe coming from most, the most troubled situations is where he wanted to put his attention. Jimmy has, over that time, developed an ability to be stable Um, and really structured and resolved in his thinking and doesn't allow the world around him to affect what he believes is the right decisions. This really comes across in the conversation. Jimmy's someone who clearly is moving at a speed which fits right for him. And over the past several years, that has really allowed an acceleration that I think a lot of people struggle with, where they're always looking to, to figure out what's next, what should be next, instead of letting it come to them and letting that, letting it sort of expose itself to them. That's something Jimmy's taught me a ton about, and for that reason, he's one of the happiest people I know. He seems totally content every time I'm with him, and lately, a lot of that time has been spent on the hot yoga mats whenever I'm back on Long Island. Jimmy sort of takes care of his body, his mind, all together. He's he's very clear about the fact that everything fits together, and For this reason, I think he's someone that I admire and really push to be more like whenever I get the chance. Settle the Far can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, as well as my website, podcast.coreygarvey.com. Please subscribe, leave a review, uh, share this with your friends, someone you think might enjoy the podcast. It really helps me understand whether I'm going in the right direction and this time is worthwhile. So please uh, try to engage a little bit and let me know what you think. Recently, I've started writing a bit more, and I'm going to be getting back into the writing habit. You can find my articles on podcast.coreygarvey.com, where you can sign up for the newsletter. Anything I publish will come out through this newsletter, or you can find it on Twitter, at Corey B. Garvey. And the most recent article is about my first trip to Hyde Park here in London, which happened when I was just a college kid back in 2008. I'm not sure exactly that uh, every single piece of writing will be as focused on settling afar as some of the conversations I'm having, but that's basically the theme is moving away and, and understanding sort of what goes into a big jump that one might be making in their lives. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of Settle the Far and my conversation with Jimmy McCullough. Thanks for joining. Thanks for taking some time to chat.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Um, so obviously over the last few years, I guess over the last 10 years with all of us, life has like had a lot of changes, a lot of different movements. And I want to ask you about some of yours because I think uh, you're probably the person I've seen become maybe, you've become like one of the happiest people I know. And I think the most satisfied with what you're doing. So I want to know what it was like what the, the transition was like and how you, uh, how you saw things going and whether they kind of fit into what you were like trying to do in a way. Um, sure. but maybe a good spot to start is what, when you were younger, both either when you were a young kid or high school, college, what did you imagine yourself doing as a career?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Corey. So when I was young, to be completely honest with you, I didn't have a direction. I actually had no idea, Um, you know, being growing up at the park and things. um, I didn't have an older brother, but I would be around older people. Right. Yeah. So I would see them grow up and maybe go on to a career in finance or career on Wall Street. And we grew up in a town that was that was very prevalent. That was, um, you know, most people did that. For me, I could never see myself doing that. But on the other side of the coin, I also couldn't see myself doing anything. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I had two big. Why couldn't you see yourself in finance? Um, Because I knew deep in my heart that wasn't my direction. Although I didn't know what I wanted to do, I just knew that wasn't for me. So uh, growing up, that's sort of all I knew because that's what people were doing. And I didn't have any other direction at that time. I had no other exposure to other things. So for me, I was looking at that saying, well, that's not what I want to do. But at the same time, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Sure. as I grew up, though, um, that that's really sort of what actually led me here—not knowing, I'd say—and that that's really a blessing for me, because as I went through high school, college, not knowing was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. That there, I was able to create—you um, know—there was space for me to create from the unknown. I would say, so that that's what led me to where I am today as a licensed social worker in New York. Um, I work as a School social worker, Um, you know, I really enjoy my job. Um, I also look through it um, through the lens of being fulfilled, as opposed to just being happy. For me, that's been, um, you know, really the main factor to all this is being fulfilled and answering the bell. So, what has led me to that, or you know, to my career, is answering that question: what fulfills me?
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, I wonder, though, I wonder, like, thanks for that, and I wonder how when you were coming out of college and you were at a point where you had to get a job and and start paying bills or whatever, but you didn't know what you wanted to do, and yet, like, that seemed like the right opening for you to have some space, you know, figure it out almost. Like, you didn't have pressure in one direction or another. right? Right. So then how did you, like, what did you do at that time? Did you have a job, and how did you decide what to get into?
1: Right. No, that's a good question. So, um, you know, when I was in college, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So like I pointed out before, so what happened was as I did graduate in 2010 from Hofstra with a degree in business administration. And at that time it was still sort of challenging for, you know, the average student to get a job and I probably fit nicely right into that category. Um, so, my mom, just by chance, was, I think, like on Covert Avenue or something like that. She ran into an old neighbor when we uh, lived on Harvard Street back in the day, 91 to 2000. Yeah. So, <laughs> right by Edmure Park. So what happened was, he said, oh, what's Jimmy doing? And that type of thing. And oh, she was looking for a job. So worked for World Courier, a logistics company, um, you know, based in New High Park. So just long story short, I ended up sending him my resume and uh, got a job with him. I worked there for two years and 11 months. Um, so the last, let's say, eight months of that journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I realized um, I was unfulfilled. And I, I literally saw myself staying at that job and methodically working my way up the ladder, but being completely unfulfilled and unhappy. That, yeah. that was my vision. Then I also had this complete other vision of where I started to get like these insights into myself where I was uh, I was identifying with my authentic self. I found myself researching um, psychology programs online, like at the University of Phoenix. Like I would just drift off and do that. But I started to be conscious and aware of those moments. Yeah. I said, wait a second, this is really in my heart. This is what I want to do. This is fulfilling to me. So simultaneously through that, it was sort of like a confluence of events. So that was operating. Simultaneously, I was working with Harriet McDonough. She is um, she does energy psychology. She does everything based on energy. Um, so the philosophy being that we're all spiritual before we're physical. So for me, I fell into that in 2008, and I had continued working with her from 2008. Now, when I was at the end of my world Courier career there, so to speak, That was um, 2013. So August of 2013, I left. So January of 2013 to August 2013, I was really assessing where I was and trying to say, all right, what's fulfilling to me? What direction do I want to go in? So working with her, I was able to identify, you know, my authentic self, my true direction, and because I didn't know what I wanted to do, that allowed me that space to create from that unknown. And so, that, that, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, well, you mentioned that there was eight months at the end of your time at World Courier when you kind of knew that you weren't fulfilled and you were trying to figure out what it was that was fulfilling and that you were there. I think you said two, two years and 11 months. So for two years and three months, you know, I, were you were you just oblivious to it and was there something that happened at the end of that time like eight months before you left that made you realize you weren't fulfilled
1: yeah so that's a good question so what happened was it, it that that knowing inside of me almost that 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 energy started to be become tremendously intense so it just rose in me it kept rising and rising and rising and it just became more intense it was like And knowing where I was like, all right, this is the time for me to leave here. This is the time. Timing's always been an auspicious factor in my life. Um, It's always, you know, each thing that's fallen into my lap, it's come at the right time. It's always like taking care of itself. Sure. I think a lot of times just to, as a little aside, I think sometimes people, you know, accelerate their timing on things and they jump ahead. And then some people sort of miss the boat and they decelerate it almost to a degree. So I think you have to be in tune with yourself and have self-awareness in order to take advantage of the timing. Um, So for me, I, you know, I was lucky enough to have um, a methodical journey, sort of, so to speak. Also having the self-awareness to say, all right, this is the right time. I'm paying attention to what's going on in my life. These are the signals that are signaling to me that it's time to go. And, I took advantage of it at the right time. So that's how I see it for myself. Um, but that that was really the uh, journey. Now, working with Harriet um, McDonough, she would do guided meditations. So now I'm going to kind of take into my world here sure. in terms of um, where this really all took place. And I'm not sure if I ever told you this. I don't, I don't tell many people about this, but I'm, I'm willing to do it here. So when... Um, or at this time. So when I would, we would do these meditations. So during this one meditation, I was, I, I guess maybe you can say it was like, um, it was very deep. So I had the imagery was very, very clear, very intense. Um, so what happened was my, I, my grandfather who passed away in 1985, I, I was born in 87. I didn't know him. Um, But I knew what he looked like, so when I went into this sort of like um, higher elevated, you know, state through the meditation, I saw him, and then I went down into like this white light that looked like almost like walking down into like a manhole cover, sort of. But it was like white light, and when I got down there, he put his arm around me, and we walked through like this cobblestone path, and. I saw like this big giant tree. It looked like the tree of hope that they call it. Like, so we sit under this bench. There was no talking. It was just a knowing. And after that, we had gotten up. I walked back and I remember looking up into like this staircase, this brilliant white light. And I was like, I don't want to go back. It was so peaceful there. (laughs) I felt like this was like his little space. But the reason I'm telling you this story is because thereafter, Mrs. McDonough and I were talking about my direction and she had offered to me or suggested to me I would be a great therapist because we had a conversations about, you know, maybe where I wanted to. And this is during the time of me working at World Courier. Um, so after that experience, I, I, I awoke. We discussed it, her and I. She continued to suggest, you know, be a great therapist, this and that. So all I remembered is that. When I right before I rose from that meditation and I was in that state, what I came away with was you'll know you'll have a knowing pay attention to your instincts, pay attention to your heart, pay attention to the energy. So that's just it was just a knowing. It was like I was downloaded with information from that. So when I like I said, I came out of that. We discussed it, her and I. And She's, she encouraged me to apply to the school social work program at Adelphi. She said, that would be a great avenue for you. I was like, okay. I had never thought about it, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. She's like, just start the application. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply. So her office is in, in the middle of Garden City, like by 7th Street. Uh, um, so I drove home. And I was like at the middle school, Garden City Middle School. And all of a sudden I was at the red light there and I I was thinking about it, like applying and, you know, taking this next step and all that. And I just felt like a tremendous surge of energy come through my, you know, from my gut all the way through my throat. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I went home and I applied and that was June of 2013. Um, And now for those months prior, I was, it was all those moments of me researching and my almost like my intuition kicking in and kicking in and kicking in through all those months and it all coming to a head. And I was like, no, this, this, this is it. This is what I have to do. This is what I want to do. This is what fulfills me. I like helping people. Even my mom had suggested, you know, in during those months, you know, you're meant to help people, Jimmy, that's what you're here to do. So, you know, it it really became very, very clear to me what I, I wanted to do so when I applied in June 2013 I got a, a call that I was accepted from Adelphi which I've never actually heard of before yeah. <laughs> so I just felt like so like there's so many little things like I said that sort of click and that were signaling to me that I was go- I was going in the right direction and that was a major major factor in all of this you know something that's definitely unique and different but that's that's what happened yeah I, I'm
0: Really impressed with your – I think the point that you brought up in the beginning about being open to whatever might happen, like that not knowing what you wanted to do was sort of what allowed you to fall into the right situation and take advantage yeah. when it happened. Did right. you – were you always so patient with things? Because I think I'm – personally, I have I I would struggle with that kind of patience. And I have this right now where I – you know, I work in tech and I want to – make a company at some point, let's say, and build some product that people will use. And I, I think I might be best off just waking up each day, going to my job, you know, going through life, seeing what people need and then saying, oh, this could be a good idea. Maybe I could go build that, whatever. But sometimes I'm so anxious to figure it out that I'm like, okay, I need to wake up an hour early. I need to research what are the hot new products. Maybe I can build something similar, whatever it is. I'm kind of spinning my wheels trying to make something happen rather than allowing it to come to me. Did you always, did you always have that? Did you have any sense of, uh, you know, seeing, because it sounds like World Courier was not your career plan, even the moment you took the job, but it was, you know, you needed to to work. Right. Like, have you always had that kind of patience? Do you recognize you had that kind of patience or was it not until sort of going through this process and being like, wow, you know, I haven't been forcing myself into things and it's allowed me to think more clearly.
1: Right. The, the, the best answer I can give you in regards to me is that I view everything through a spiritual lens. Nothing's ever fully complete. So although I, I absolutely set goals and I, I, I work with great fervor to reach those goals every time, sure. but I'm not attached to the outcome. So if in fact I'm on my path and that path change and it deviates and there's something out of my control where I'm now shifted in a different direction, I have flexibility and patience maybe perhaps to adjust and be flexible and now be guided and really we're never really off our path that's what I that's probably the answer to your question for me is that although I I always thought I was off off my path. I'm like I'm I don't know where I'm going. I don't have a direction. Yeah. Everyone seems to have a direction. I'm completely off in this other world. Who knows where I'm headed, right? But in fact, I was always on my path. It's it's sort of paradoxical. Like I'm, I think I'm off, but I'm really on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And and really um I started to play life on offense instead of defense. I was very average. What do you right? mean by that? Knew me So Okay. So like I I started to be more of an active participant in life. So instead of me sitting back and sort of having, oh, you know, you know, get a job and this and that. And, you know, not having any degree of um, like emotion into the decision, just kind of like plodding along. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And this is going to how This is how I'm going to do it. So I would. Um, I started setting goals. I started setting goals. So that I once I started setting goals, I would then visualize those goals and almost act as if I had them already. And that helped me achieve the goals big time. And that was something you
0: picked up at, at this point when you sort of realized what it was you wanted to spend your time doing, which is working in social mm-hmm. work, helping others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really started to... It, I don't, maybe I didn't pick it up fully, but it was starting to click, starting to click. So I'd be like, oh, okay, I got to take that piece and implement that piece. So I, I would take that. Um, uh, for example, I'll give you an example of what I mean by this, a really clear example. When I, when I first graduated from graduate school, I had my degree. I was licensed and everything. It was sort of difficult to get a job. It took me a little bit to get where I, where I am now um, as a school social worker. I worked at Garden City as a, as a paraprofessional, which is like an aide. Um, I did that just for a little bit, which was great. I got a lot of great experience doing that. I, I actually look back, and out of all the things that uh, professionally that prepared me, that, that was probably the, the biggest thing I did to prepare me for where I am today, actually. <laughs> out of all the buildings I worked in, it was kind of interesting. Sure. But when I, when I was working at Garden City... And I was living at home and I didn't, you know, I was just starting that career, this new career that I, that I loved. And I was, I was feeling fulfilled. I just knew I had to stay the course. So by doing that, I would visualize every morning where I wanted to be. So how did I do that? Well, I would wake up as early as I possibly could to still have enough energy throughout the day to perform well at work. So I, what I would do is I would I would drive halfway across town, halfway to work. And I'd park in a parking lot, which is actually the building I live in now in Garden City, in their parking lot. And I'd visualize how I wanted my life to be. So I, have, um, I would visualize the apartment I wanted to live in. I visualize the job, visualize the car, which I just got a new car. So I, I finally got that. <laughs> but, but these are all things I visualize. And I got every single one of them. And I would do it in great, great detail. And I'd spend like 20 or 30 minutes doing this. I'd shut the car off. I'd be completely quiet. I'd be facing the trees in the back parking lot in this garden city in this parking lot. And I would do it every morning, diligently, diligently. So I, what I was doing was I was training my my brain, literally, my body to understand what I wanted. And so I could feel it. And then I almost felt like I had it in those moments. I almost felt like I had it. So then when I would go out and work towards it, it became natural for me to have certain experiences where they wouldn't take me off course or they wouldn't surprise me because it felt like I was meant to be there already, like my, my body already knew where it was going. Yeah, that's amazing. So, that, so that's what I would do. I visualized everything in great detail and got it all. So how, how
0: much do you think you could have taken advantage of that sort of um, – those practices before – before you kind of knew what it was that you specifically wanted, and if you were in a position like I think a lot of people are where they're waiting and being patient maybe for that sign that they should move toward one thing or another, or maybe they know like but but really if they're if they're not specifically so aware of okay this is this is my path, they don't know it as as concretely, would you be able to use that sort of practice to like help visualize where you're where you should be going
1: i think so because maybe maybe there's too much operating in someone's head for them to be ultra clear about what direction they want to go in yeah but they can use those practices to go within to find the answer and to connect with their authentic intuitive self their maybe higher self to find those answers in stillness because I don't think you're going to find it reaching and grabbing and trying to find it outside of yourself. Like, oh, let me go out and just, you know, buy a new car, go in this direction or that direction. I kind of think of that as reaching in a sense. I think you have to go within. And if someone's not clear on where they want to go, they have to sit in stillness, I believe. So all those practices I did with Mrs. McDonough led me to a point years later where I was centered and aligned, where I was able to access those skills, essentially. And because of clarity, because of clarity, because I was clear in those moments. And because of that clarity, I was able now to visualize with unimpeded, you know, barriers or other thoughts or or the ego coming in, I was able to take it in a pure sense and align with who I actually was and be okay with that because I, I did the work prior. I kind of cleared the house. I cleaned it up <laughs> mm-hmm. in a sense. I got rid of all the garbage. And then because of that, I was able to be ultra clear on what I wanted. Again, creating from the unknown, creating a space where it was empty and now creating what I wanted. But in order to do that, you have to be good with yourself. You have to be okay with yourself. You have to be centered and aligned. So, so that's what I believe.
0: Yeah, and you talked about the authentic self and that you really feel like right now you're kind of, you have gotten to a point where I guess you're, you're working in a job and in a career where you can like express your authentic self. hundred um, percent. How, how, how has that changed your, your view on, I guess other parts of your life, like certainly going in and, and internally envisioning what you want as a career and saying, I now realize I don't want to work at a logistics company, but instead I want to be helping people. Um, but how does that mm-hmm. maybe extend beyond just finding out what you want to do in your career?
1: I think it affects everything in my life, yeah. everything. Every relationship, everything I touch, <laughs> like. I think it, like, I think it affects everything. Um, that outlook has given me, um, so much, so much. And here's why it's, it's given me a life that I can be proud of, be fulfilled of, and have joy. You know, I didn't have really a lot of that before I'd say, to be completely honest with you. Um, sort of going back to your last question in tandem with what you asked now, this, your last question, um, Prior to that, I I just had a lot of fear, anxiety. Um, I had things I was working through. And because the house was chaotic in my head, so to speak, using it as a metaphor, a house, um, it was hard for me to have clarity. And because I didn't have clarity, I had no direction. And that led me to my work with Mrs. McDonough because when I was in college, I was at Hartwick college and I didn't really want to be upstate. I was there for a year and a half, three semesters, freshman year, and then fall of uh, sophomore year. And again, it's that knowing I, I had to get out of there. I had to get out and that intuitive state was kicking in that intense energy was pounding, you know, every cell in my body and screaming, you got to get out. And I did, I took action and I did. I just, <laughs> I went home over winter. Uh, it was that? January of 2008. And, uh, I just said, um, you know, I'm going to go to Hofstra and I went to Hofstra and I met with an admissions director and just long story short, I got in, I had called my parents and I said, I'm going to Hofstra. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm going to do. This is me being now an active participant, going back to your, you know, going back to what I was saying before, of having clarity, being an active participant and saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is the vision. This is what I need to do for myself in order for me to maintain my life in a, in a positive way, and then also achieve greater, greater outcomes, greater results. So that's what I did. I stayed the course because I knew it was best for me at that time. I continue with my work with Mrs. McDonough. I think we did over uh, to to this date. I think I haven't gone to her recently or, you know, in a while actually, but we've done 150 sessions of meditations and things like that, different practices. Um, So I have a lot of work. I implement it daily in my life. Uh, you know, it's been implemented daily, uh, every moment really. At this point, now that you know, it's been uh, twelve years. Um, I implement it constantly. It's it's a constant uh, practice. It's a constant practice, which I I actually enjoy, to be honest. It's,
0: Absolutely. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's, we'll, it's it's been a huge part of for myself also finding clarity, figuring out what it is that I actually care about. I I've also at some points, more than others, uh, done a good amount of like quick journaling in the morning, just to figure out, yeah. you know, where's my head yeah. at? What am I thinking about? How much? Um, so going from that anxious feelings were at one point to more clarity um, and like feeling like you have the house in yeah. order and all. Um, how much of that? What do you think? Yeah. contributed to that is it the meditation was it um you know how did you get to a point of feeling like okay I actually have things in order because it felt from this conversation it sounds like having that clarity allowed you to be open to new possibilities and to the possibility of going back to school going to help people um but what was that first kick of you know, cause I'm, I'm, I have a busy mind and I'm all over the place, Jimmy. Like I have a job, I have a podcast, I have, uh, you know, like Great. ideas ideas, other, other things I want to do. <laughs> um, sometimes it's just a lot to take in and, and, yeah. and I don't know whether it's that I have 10 things that I'm clearly thinking about or whether I just have too much going on and I'm not driving toward anything in the right direction what was it that allowed you to have some of that clarity for, okay, when something comes in and, and this suggestion that I help people, I can take advantage of it. Um, yeah. Is there, is there anything that sort of allowed you to take that step?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say yes. Um, I would say, uh, really just being in tune with myself, you know, that, that was huge. That was huge. And that was a work, that was a work in progress through many, many years. Um, but, Understanding that, how to, how to do that was huge for me, huge, because that gave me such direction. Because when certain signals would come in, I would be able to assess them yeah. and break them down and think critically about them. So what I also do now is I tier everything. So it's like tier one, tier two, tier three. So things that are ultra important that I put a lot of emphasis on, that's in tier one. So that, 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 those are absolutes. Those are things I'm really working like what? towards Can you give me an example? I
0: would never try on. I'm sorry? Can you give me an example?
1: Yeah. I mean, just the, the latest one. I mean, it's it's not the greatest example, but I'll give you like, – like, for example, because you kind of talked about having a busy mind and being pulled in different directions. I really needed a new car. Yeah. I had to put a lot of emphasis on that, right? I couldn't really put that to the back burner. I need to drive to work every day, right? Some people – can be pulled in a million directions like, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. No, that that was that was number one at, at one point in my life, right? So I had to put certain things back to the back burner. You know, I'm going back to school. Not to say I put that all the way down on the list, but I had to really put a lot of emphasis on getting a new car. It's really important. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. People sometimes question, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? You know, things come up in life. Sometimes things rise to the top quickly that you have to take care of. And then once you take care of it, now you can go back. And, you know, start your podcast or, yeah. you know, get back to where you were. So I think creating sort of, you know, a system that works for that individual is critical because then you can kind of, you know, take things, you know, as they come and things that are most important, take care of that. Okay, now what's next on the list? For example, when I, when I had all those things, I wanted an apartment, I wanted the job, I wanted the car, you know, I wanted certain things. Well, what was most important? Well, for me at that time, it was my career. I put all the emphasis on the career. That was tier one. Everything was career, career, career. The apartment was kind of secondary. The career needed to come first. You know, that might be easy for people to understand like, oh, yeah, of course you need the money. That, that makes sense. But really, when I started that process, it became very, very easy because I started working through my life that way. Everything. I worked through life that way. That's why the car was completely last on the list. Because it really didn't matter until it until it mattered. Yeah. <laughs> until it mattered. So I, I think that tier system that I use is huge. And I do, you know, within those things. So like the job. Well, what's important about a job? Well, for me, working with good people. That's top of the list. So I need that. That's an absolute. So I have that in tier one when it comes to my career and job. I want to work with good people. So that's an example. Right. So it depends what those. Uh, What your parameters are, what your likes, dislikes are, you know, what are those details? Everyone's different. And it all. Yeah. No, go on. Go on. I think it all goes back to self-awareness and being in tune with yourself. That's why I I really think that's the message is you have to have that clarity and be in tune with yourself in order to get those messages. And so, you, you know what you're doing. You know, we have emotion for a reason. You know, we're not going to put our hand on a hot stove and just leave it there. Yeah. You take it off, right? So you have those emotions to direct you. Oh, okay. I don't like that. All right, I'm going to go in this direction. Oh, I like that. I'm going to go in this direction. What excites you, right? Yeah. This excites me. I'm going to go in this direction. I like that. So those are the signals you have to pay attention to. I don't know if people do or not. I, I, I don't ask enough people. I don't know. But I can tell you for myself, that's what I pay attention to because those are the signals that are guiding me. You okay, know. that excites me. Let me go there.
0: I have a colleague who I met at a wedding recently and I didn't I'd never met him before and I was asking him, you know he, he maybe was asking me about my role at my job and things, and I said, you know, what are your suggestions? And he said You know, I suggest the next time you have a really good day at work, just take us a, a few minutes after work and say, What was it about today that made it a good a good day? And then you know try to figure out how much you can do that and and something about the last few years I've gotten more attentive of of kind of my like inner inner self and what I'm really driving for and what the purpose is of, of some of the stuff I'm doing and the big thing that I think I've I've seen for myself and I think you just alluded to is that I, I rarely asked myself you know, what I wanted out of life, out of my job, out of certain things. And then am I doing the right, taking the right steps toward getting what I want? Um, I think we, we too often don't like spend some time at a coffee shop or in our car or whatever saying like, what is it that I actually want? And are the things that I'm doing aligned with what it is I actually want? So yeah, I, I, I think knowing yourself is certainly, uh, the first step toward being able to like have some, some path, some plans toward, uh, toward prioritizing. You brought up these priorities that, you know, tiers of things. How do you keep track yeah. of all this? Is it just in that big head of yours?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. How do I keep track? I keep it simple, I keep it very simple. So, um, you know, there might be only a few things operating at once. Okay. So I have, you know, I'm not, I don't get, I don't pull myself in a million directions. You know, I take things, I have like two or three things that are just huge on my list and that's where I rank them, you know? So I take like three things, you know? And because then after that, you know, the, I, don't know I guess for me, like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh thing, are they really that important at that point? No, you got to take care of the things that are priority one, two, and three. That's yeah, how right. I think. So I keep it simple, you know? Once I elevate myself to or achieve what I need to achieve, then those four, five, and six are now elevated to the top of the list. And yeah. now there's a new four, five, and six. And you're that's just tough.
0: aware of what those things kind of sitting in the batter's box are, those four, five, yep.
1: and six? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, like right now, I'm going back to school, getting my doctorate. Um, that's high on my list, but like maybe four. I don't know, like, I would like to become a yoga instructor, but I need to complete this mission first, and then I'll do that. Sure. Then I'll do that. I need to get myself settled in my career before I even thought about going back to school, which, to be honest, or, you know, getting my doctorate, which wasn't even a thought. It fell right into my lap.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, again, the timing of it and being aware, huge, you know, without that, I, I it, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have worked at any other way. Um but, yeah, I, I am fully aware of those things coming up the pike and, and noticing, okay, this is starting to rise and not accelerating the timing on those things and saying, okay, I'm, I'm okay with those being where they are for now. Let me do this first. Let me do this first. How did you
0: develop or maybe um, recognize that you needed to have such a respect for your own, I guess, time and, and anxiousness because I think that that for me has been tough is sometimes I, you know, if I'm not taking care of like one, two, and three need to happen, but four five and six, not taking care of those almost feels like I'm not working hard enough or I'm not doing enough. So I kind of tell mm-hmm. myself, you know, the podcast or cooking or whatever, you know, or relationships. And I tell myself, right, right. I, I need to do all of them and not doing them all is... It's it's that it's my fault almost. So how do you re, how do you battle balance that? And 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 I know so often it's like you know your friends ask you to come out for dinner or something, and it's maybe an expensive restaurant. You're saving for the new car, and like how do you in your own head kind of deal with that?
1: Um, you know, there's such a, um, a fire in me, and I mean that in a positive way, where I want to achieve certain goals, like these one, two, and three, whatever those are, I I really mean this. Like there's such a there's such a drive I have. And I really I, I can't emphasize this enough because I, I try to tell tell my mom this and she she understands it, but I don't think <laughs> there's such a fire inside of me. And I really mean this again, I that I, I want to achieve those things at such a great deal that again, I'm not attached to the outcome, but I have such I put myself out there and I really try to go for it that I, I've almost like, there's two, like my old self, where it was like, oh, yeah, no, you know, there was no thought. And now I've completely shifted into this whole different side of me. But you, you're right, though. There, for me, I, I can say that there's times and um, I've made mistakes like that, where, um, uh, you know, di- different relationships and things like that have been hindered because of um, that drive. And that's something I'm learning now is to find the gray area to find the gray area. Sure. So I'm very black and white, you know, and that, that's sort of like where I came from it, through my upbringing was, you know, one way, this way, that way. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, right. It's just like, this is the way it's going to be. And a lot of that was like, you know, my, you know, kind of having that anxious, those anxious moments operating, but I have to get away from that and I have to be more flexible. Um, in neuroscience, they call it neuroplasticity, right? So, so with that, that's sort of what I've done through 12 years of operation in terms of creating a new self and um, finding that authentic self and working through that and unwiring the things that no longer work for me and then rewiring new circuitry to make better decisions and things like that. But really, it's just learning from those mistakes because I'm not perfect, obviously, and I made a lot yeah. of mistakes. And I have to learn that, yeah, sometimes I could go way too far one way. I need to find the balance. And yeah. I'm learning that through the process. It is hard. It is hard. That's my challenge at times. Because, I, again, it's that fire that really drives me. And I have to tone that back a little bit and say, okay, let's put this in perspective. Absolutely. I mean, it's a hard
0: – I think that's the hardest thing. And especially when you want to be – when you are a high performer at – the specific things that are primary and are important to achieving and, and like sort of giving what you want to give to the world and like contributing. Um, I see a lot of the, you know, I, th- I think I see someone like Elon Musk and he talks about working and sleeping at the car factory. And I'm like, you know, that's why I'm not succeeding is I'm not sleeping at work and going crazy. But then, uh, that sort of attitude takes away from relationships. It takes away from other parts of life and the balance, the balance
1: is tricky, right? It is tricky. And that that's, that's probably my life lesson to many degrees yeah. is finding the, balance,
0: Absolutely. finding the balance.
1: So even though I'm completely new in a sense and doing this whole new thing, I still, um, it's a challenge for me to find the balance and that's what I have to be aware of. I have to be, because yeah. out of, that affects many many aspects of my life and you know if, if in fact i'm not making you know i'm putting too much emphasis in one area i have to tone that back so i can distribute my energy across many platforms not just career yeah
0: well i think from my side jim the the self-awareness of this fact is like the most important piece of it right the the ability 100%. to see that okay maybe i'm saying no to some people based on my career or i'm pushing things to the side in my career because of relationships that are stealing my time away or something like that. I mean, at least having awareness is the first step toward properly yeah. balancing this stuff. Um, I have. I wanted to ask you about the sure.
1: the
0: the process of actually moving from uh, logistics into um, social service. <laughs> so, a couple quick questions here. So you yeah. you found out, I think you said, uh, f- well, January or February twenty thirteen. And then June, 2013, you applied. So I'm guessing you started, you started school in September.
1: Yeah. Late, late August, September. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Correct.
0: And at, at that point, like starting school, and then even when you talked about being in living at your parents' place, being in your car, thinking about what you actually wanted, how, how long did you envision that this transition would take to actually be in the role that you wanted? And did it, did, were you frustrated in how long it might take or like the situation you were in? How were you kind of thinking about that whole thing?
1: Yeah, at times I was a little frustrated, I'll be honest. But I also didn't know how long it would take, to okay. be completely honest. I tried not to think about it that much. It's not that I would be like, all right, let's not think about it. It's just I didn't. Was, <laughs> I just I didn't. I just was focused on other things. So it never really would dawn on me except for like maybe like once a month I'd be like oh wow this is you know I, I really got to get out of here or I need to you know yeah. I, need to, I need these things to happen today you know I, I I had enough understanding at that point through my work with Mrs. McDonough where I understood that um, nothing's ever finished nothing's really complete in a sense in a sense in a sense where it's a journey it's a journey you have to you have to be okay with the journey that's That's the fun part. As I was taught, it took me a long time to reach that point. I'm still working on that aspect to some degree, but understanding that and, you know, taking the components of what I learned with her, um, were very useful and helpful to me because it would have been ultra challenging to think about and live through those moments of like uncertainty and how long is this going to take? And, you know, am I going in the right direction? I could have packed up shop and went home and said, this is taking too long, you know, and given up. But there was also Corey, something inside of me that was just like ticking in me where it was like, just stay the course. You're fine. Just stay the course. Just stay. the course. Just stay.
0: Was there, was there hints that you were, you were on the right track during this time?
1: Yeah, I would say so. i um, just, just, you know, working in general, like people reaching out to help me um, and just, just feeling like, like just really having being tuned to that feeling of like, all right, I'm in the right place. Like I would think, you know, you know, you know, maybe for a brief second or two, like, Oh, I can go do this. And it just, it didn't align with me at all. It just felt so unnatural to even think about that, that it was like, nah, I'm I'm good. I did all this work. It's, it's going to work out. Like, and I think that's part of it too, is just having that mentality of not giving up. I mean, we hear it a lot and it's, you know, it's everywhere, but it's it, it really is true. Like, you just have to stay the course and be patient, you know. Um, it, it's it's huge. It's everything. I mean, yeah. if I was just going to give up, uh, I, there's no way I'd be where I am today. Not even a chance. Not even a chance. Not even a 1% chance.
0: When In what positions were you in? Was it during school? Was it during an initial job that you had where... Where it was most realistic that you could give up, not that you were feeling like you were going to, but after getting past one of these, let's say, hurdles of going to school, right. it feels at that point you're pretty invested and any other move you make yeah. is almost a bigger, bigger move than just staying where you were. Right. So um, during school, was it hard? Was that the hard part to say, hey, just keep going like this is this is going to be worth it?
1: There there were, you know, when I when I was in school during graduate school, those those instances never arose. Those, you know, those circumstances never came up. It was more maybe afterwards where I was trying to work towards being a school social worker and maybe working at Garden City where those thoughts would come to mind more frequently. And I'd have to sort of combat them with just, (laughs) you know, going back to my fundamental skills of, um, you know, being still going within and trying to align myself with who I actually was and just having that knowing and kind of finding that groove of, okay, I'm good, you know, and just what is that, you know, for someone else, it could have been different. Sometimes that is changing course. And for me that, that came a little earlier, but um, in the journey, but for me it was just be, really, I mean, I, I'm emphasizing it a lot, but it, it just goes back to the self-awareness piece of what am I feeling at that moment? You know does it make sense for me to gear off course and change trajectories here it didn't make sense so i I could never entertain it beyond that because it it wouldn't have been um not realistic but it would have it wouldn't have been authentic it would it would it would have failed it would have failed yeah
0: it's wild how our minds can sort of have these instantaneous feelings of oh i'm doing the wrong thing i'm doing the wrong thing but then when you think through it logically you yeah. realize you're not right. You realize right. that in a lot of ways. And I'm very
1: logical. Yeah. Like I'm a very, lo- like, I think I, like, I, I think through many, many things, I, you know, logically, Is yeah. this realistic. Is this right? But then there's also many things that happen to me that are unexplainable that, that, like I used to tell Mrs. McDonough, I'm like, no one would ever believe this. Cause I would tell her, like if someone told me this, I wouldn't believe that. I'm like, why would I believe that? That's that, that doesn't happen yeah. to people. But in fact, This is what was happening to me. And there's so many other things that I'm not even detailing in our conversation here that are out of this world, I guess you could say, that no one would really ever believe, but they're true because I experienced them. And if someone told me, hey, this is what happened, I'd say, well, uh, you know, prove it Yeah. (laughs) because that's who I am. I'm a very logical type of person. I'm a realistic type of guy. I'm like, I'm a linear thinker. I'm like A, B and C type of person. So, but also I've become a person that's very theoretical, um, through um, different experiences now. So it hasn't been forced. It's just been a natural evolution. It's been a personal evolution that I've gone through to, um, you know, sort of access a different dimension of myself to become more whole. So I'm I'm more, I'm not just a one-sided person anymore. I kind of have like a holistic view on things. And uh, it's it's been a natural progression uh, of learning. And and that's really been it for me. Why do you
0: think, Many of us, and I would consider myself part of this, sort of have grown up with this less than holistic approach and ability to look at at things in a, and maybe you can explain what you mean by a holistic approach, but like okay. it does sure. feel like many, uh, is, it that, is it that this is something that you learn as you grow older or... Are we at a time when certain sort of looking inner inward is more acceptable in the West and in our culture or whatever it is? Because it feels to me like meditation and having a sense of what you personally are, are here for and trying to do is, is a little bit more in vogue. Um, but I also just have found that I've been more successful at, at, at being able to do this over the last few years. Like, what do you think contributes to that?
1: I don't think we're taught how to, how to do those things. And I think that's probably the root of it. We're not taught. I was taught these skills. I was taught how to do these things later in life.
0: Yeah.
1: If I had learned these things at an earlier age, and it's no one's fault. It's not my parents fault. It's it's no one's fault. It's not the education's fault. It's not my fault. It's no, it's just, that's the way we're built is we, we don't, we're not taught these things and maybe perhaps we should be taught these things. So Maybe there has to be an overhaul in terms of how we um, educate, just in general. And that's maybe on a parental level, an educational level, an individual level, however you want to describe it. But I don't think we're taught those things. So for me, I had to learn these things through other means, and that's fine. Um, But I also think everyone's different, too. You know, this works for me. You know, I always would tell Mrs. McDonough, you know, hey, if I was really good at math and I felt like I should be a mathematician, I'd go do that. But this is what I feel like I'm called to do. So I answered the bell. You have to answer the bell. You know, whatever you feel pulled to, you should go after. You know, if you feel like you're being pushed towards something, I think of it as like pushing a pull. If you feel pulled towards something, your heart's being pulled towards it, you should probably go in that direction. If you're being forced to do something, you feel like you're being pushed into a direction like, oh you know, Corey, you should be doing this. You're great at this, but you're like inside. I don't know. I'm not, that's not my thing. Eh, You probably shouldn't go in that direction. But if you feel like you're being pulled in a certain direction, whether it's someone that gives you a suggestion or you feel like, wow, you discovered something new and you're like, Oh, this is great. I I didn't realize I I, I like X, Y, or Z. That's probably the direction you should go in. And for me that that was also interesting, that push and pull of um, you know, being aware of that and saying, oh yeah, this is what I really like. Instead of someone telling me, I'll go get a job over here, you know, make some money. That'll be good for you. You know? It's, it's, so, I mean,
0: you are one of the like kindest people I know. And I don't expect you to say anything uh, too negative, but it seems like the world is built to optimize for people's ability to consume in a lot of ways. And yet, you know, I think your point about, hey, and it happened with me, right? People being like, oh, you'd be good going to finance. You could do well in finance, right. have a great career, whatever it is. And then right. I, little by little, realized this isn't exactly what I want to be doing, realized I might be giving up, probably am giving up financial rewards in the future for this. But it felt like the right choice. And I've been really content and happy and I think making having the right priorities since then. Um, yeah, great. how do you view like do you think there needs to be an overhaul how do you view society's look at what what they're optimizing for sometimes or, or pushing for because there is a lot of push it's a lot of like push into this push into that there's you know you you create even and I haven't gotten this feedback but I create a podcast and somebody I could imagine someone saying hey you know you should you should go on to this location and, and sort of market it here market it there make this happen get this kind of person on talk about this thing when it really doesn't fit the purpose right
1: yeah completely understand your point yeah. so
0: so how how have we gone like I don't know have we gone astray and and we're and we're trying to get back to a point where people are trying to be content with their lives or have we always been in this way and now it's sort of teaching the world to Hey, uh, you know, there's a lot more important things out there that we can prioritize and we can be thinking about. And it's about being pulled towards something rather than someone pushing you towards something. How do you, yeah. view, how do you personally view that? Because like you think about the world a little bit differently, and you're happier than a lot of people I know. So,
1: oh right, no, I appreciate that, and um, I completely understand your question. It's a, it's a very good question, actually, Corey. And I do think about that a lot. And so I guess I have a lot of thoughts from your question. But I, you know, just think about how we grew up in a sense. I think we grew up pretty similarly playing lacrosse and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. I don't want to, I don't want people listening to think I'm opposed to like youth sports or anything like that. But if you think about the trajectory of that, right, I don't think you think that, but I think maybe others might. Um, But if you think about that trajectory, right, we're kind of like positioned to like do this, do that, do this, do that. And it kind of goes back to our conditioning as society. We're conditioned to like, all right, this is what you have to do. This is this is where you're going to be successful. This is what you need to be successful. Where, in fact, everyone's different. Everyone's different, right? You know, and having that self-awareness as a parent is critical for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> huge, right? Because then if your kid's like, eh, I don't really like lacrosse. I like, uh, you know, soccer. Well, I'd rather be in the uh, school play. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's having the awareness to say, oh, my kid wants to be in the school play and then helping that person, that's, you know, your child enhance in those directions and kind of like supporting that in a sense, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have, it goes back to the self-awareness thing. Again, it's huge and it's our conditioning too as a society of this is what you have to do. This is what you need to do. Um, you know, just me on an individual level, it was breaking down all those things, those pieces that weren't correct. And I had to sift through them and break them down and say, all right, what fits, what doesn't fit, and what doesn't fit has to go. Yeah. And that baggage, that was just weighing me down. And once I got rid of that, I became so much more clear on everything I needed to do, it just became clear, the puzzle pieces started to fit. You know, I think we find as we grow up, like, kids who are in high school and college that, you know, they may not know what they want to do, but maybe there's, the problem is, is that they're being told what to do their whole life. And then by the time they get to college, they're completely unsure because they've always been force fed a direction. And now that force feeding is completely doesn't exist anymore. Now the kid's lost. Yeah. So now what? But I
0: think I, you know, in that sometimes it can be, It can be good and I think for me it was scary because it was even after being force fed and like eating the food that, you know, Mm -hmm. I I had this conversation with a woman at my, I was graduating from college and at our fraternity we had the people who had graduated their 50th anniversary and uh, this woman just like couldn't believe that I was going, she was married to one of these guys and her husband was a professor She couldn't believe that I was going into finance after studying engineering. And she was like, my husband would be so disappointed. But if you, you know, if you're going to go back to grad school, you should go back based on your own decision and you being excited for it. And it needed a little bit for me. It was almost like, why not take the thing that's being force fed to me, try it out and see if I like it. And then if I don't, I can make a change. But I think, what I didn't realize at the time was how I, I mean, I, I left my job at twenty-four and I felt like I made I was old to be making this choice. Like and I I was twenty
1: five when I went back, so I understand.
0: Yeah, and you feel old at that point, and yet if yeah, if yeah. I had given it another five years and picked up more dependence, you know, if I was married, if I had more that I was expected to pay for and things like that, the ability to make those changes becomes harder. And so the, the, the idea of, oh, go try this out. And then there's social pressure. So it's like, go try yep. this out. and If you don't like it, you can change. Well, changing your career, I think it's funny. Like when you're in a job and you tell people I want to do something else, I think you get weird looks about why would you leave? Why would you go to something else? But when you've made the change, even if you're only one step toward it, I think people are very uh, almost jealous sometimes and like supportive of it. And it's, a, it's an odd, you know, it's like people don't want to see you, um, don't want to see you do something that maybe they would want to do. I, and I don't know that that's always the reason why why people would say this or that. But, um, but then when they see you doing it, they want to support you. They want to know somebody who's like, kind of made that move. Um, yeah. Because yeah.
1: they, I think two things when you say that, I think one, it's, they're not, they're not completely comfortable with their position in life, whether it be career. So when they see you like, wow, he has, you know, he's shifting gears and he's going, wow, that's great. Like I, like internally, they might be like questioning, why can't I do that? Like, what's, yeah. what's stopping me from doing that? And then, you know, like, it, it's just interesting because a lot of times I think that's what it is with people. You know, they're like, wow, he can do that. He's able to make that shift. And it is harder as you get older, I think. But I also look at things um, – in a positive way. Like for me, I was like, thank God I wasn't 50. That's what I would say to myself. Sure, (laughs) Right. I was like, thank God I'm not 50 in doing this, you know, like where I lost my, my, you know, the prime of my career, so to speak, where it was like I wasted away all those good years, thirties and forties and maybe even part of my twenties where I lost it all. And I could have done something that would have been so much more fulfilling. I didn't, I was grateful that I didn't lose that time. It came at the right time. Um, so I looked at it, I looked at it that way. I really, really did. I would literally tell myself that Like, I would literally say, thank God I'm not 50 doing this at 50, having this awakening at 50. And for me, that, that gave me so much power because I just just tried to spin everything in a positive direction. And it worked for me because that got me through a lot of tough times, you know, thinking that I was alone. And, you know, there's a lot of quiet, times where, you know, people are out doing things and I had to buckle down and live at home and, you know, just, you know, I was doing papers and this and that, like I was interning in different schools and I had to really, you know, manage my time differently and not socialize as much. And, you know, looking back, do I regret it? No. Um, But, you know, sometimes it hurts a little bit looking back. It's like, ah, maybe I missed out on a few things. I'll be honest. But do I ultimately regret it? Absolutely not. Because now I can just take those lessons and apply them now and, you know, improve. That's how I look at it. So I don't, I don't look at it as like something that's going to knock me down or deter me in the future. It's just, okay, that happened. Let's learn from it. How can I do better? Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. I never look back. That's one thing I don't do. I don't look back. So like once I make a decision, I go. I just go. Because I I know once I make the decision, I have to rely on myself. I have to get it done. That's it feels so like gonna, that's,
0: the, that's the healthy way to go about it.
1: Yeah, I don't look back. I, I just, I don't look back and I don't align myself with other people. So like, I'm not like, oh, he's doing that or she's doing that. I don't, I, I, I truly don't do that. Like How do you manage that?
0: Point? Like that, that is, seems I like a pain in that society. I,
1: honestly, I think I was born that way because my mom, who knows me very well, she'll always say to me, um, I don't, I don't know anyone who's never conformed to anything ever except for you. Um, so I just do what I have to do I don't I don't get tied up in what other people are doing now of course I'm like oh wow that's nice that that person has that I'm not there yet in life but I just I just again I'm aware of those my thoughts where I'm like oh wow you know because we're all human so I have those thoughts of course but I'm not attached to that I like I'm not like attaching myself to that where it's like I have to do that now no, do
0: do I, other people drive you though? Because I see you at yoga and we've done do. yoga together a few times. And I, I'm sure you weren't <laughs> yeah. always the best one in the class. Like, yeah, would definitely you, not. how would you feel Absolutely. about those people then who were really good at the
1: time? I would aspire to be like them. And it, it did drive me to do better because I'm like, I can do that. I can do it. But I have to work towards it. Like, yeah. you know. The seed you plant today isn't the fruit you're tasting today. Like, you have to be patient, you know? There's a certain saying that goes, I think there's, like, some entrepreneur said something like that, but it just comes to mind where it's like, if you're going to start something today, you got to work on it. You can't just expect it to be, and I have that perspective, I think, through my work where it's like, all right, you know, this is what I want to do, but you got to work towards it. It's not going to come overnight, Absolutely. you know, work. you know that that's really the main thing is perspective i think when it comes to that because i could get wrapped up in that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think we all can i think we all do um you're you're an impressive uh exception to the rule
1: i think in just that way i'm an exception to rule i have my own different things i have to work through but when it comes to that i'm just it's just something i was born with i think it's a blessing for me because you know maybe i was created a certain way where you know, I have other challenges I have to overcome, but that's one where it was like, you know what, we're not going to give you that one because you have to you have to do X, Y, and Z. You need to do other things. You need to work on other stuff while you're down here on planet Earth. But, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, but so everyone's different. Everyone has their thing. Uh, be aware of your things. Change it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you mentioned you mentioned the, um, the feeling of, you know, you're being sort of on the right path. And I'm wondering... Yeah like within your current role how yeah. do you view and, and wanting to get the most out of your the the bulk of your career and those like most productive years of your career um what do you view as your you know what it is you're striving for like how do you how would you wrap this up in a few words what is it that is it helping people how do you feel that you're you're contributing and and like there's to me, there's always been this sort of North star from when I decided I wanted to leave what I was doing previously. And it was, you know, I want to build things for people that are actually useful in their life, where I can leave my job and feel like even if my company or whoever it is didn't make more money, didn't make more sales, whatever it is, but I felt like, okay, I may have contributed toward bettering people's lives in some way. What is it that to you, you're like, okay, this is what I'm what I feel like I'm, I'm why, why I'm here, what I'm working for, what I'm working toward.
1: Right. No, I, I think it's a good question. Um, for me, um, I would say being fulfilled and being happy with, you know, myself. I know that if I'm happy with myself and feeling fulfilled, I know that I will be able to be of service to others which is what I want to be, and which is what I ultimately want to do. I want to share with people what I've learned and help them, excuse me, uh, be their best self. So really, <clears throat> excuse me, what I, want to, what I want to do is maximize myself, maximize my potential. If I'm able to do that, I know that I'll always be in position to help someone maximize their greatest self. So through the lessons I've learned, I want to help those people who maybe are in similar situations than me, who maybe aren't, but they have something to me that maybe I, I have something to share. Maybe it's, you know, everything we talked about today, maybe someone picks up one thing, maybe they pick up nothing, maybe it clicks 10 years from now, maybe it clicks 10 days from now, where they say, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And I'll take that along with me. Or I'll take everything he said, I'll take it all, whatever it may be, but maybe it's nothing. I don't know. So my point is, whoever is out there that I'm going to run in contact, you know, be in contact with, I want to help those people ultimately. But in order to do that, I need to maximize myself. How did you need- realize
0: that? Like, like you know, again, this goes back to the same thing. But if I want to help yeah. the world, I feel yeah. like I go find a charity online and I try to do what I can. How did you? How have you gotten to this point of understanding that you were the first or the first the thing that has to come first?
1: I, yeah, it has to be you because. I lived a life of the first 20 years where not really the opposite. It was just the opposite way of thinking about everything. I just had a, so everything I think now, like the pattern, the way I think, the viewpoints, the perspective, the knowing, the intuition, tapping into that. I had a lifetime of not doing that. So understanding that this is a better version of life and operation, I am willing to go forth through this journey through this pattern and way of thinking through on this path as opposed to the other so just knowing the opposite knowing the opposite of what doesn't work and you have to put yourself first because if you don't take care of yourself and your house is in disarray so to speak how the heck are you going to help someone else sure. i know we hear that a lot but it's so true because i've done it you can't it's not it's not possible your energy is depleted you're pulled in too many directions you're not aligned with yourself how can you ever help someone else and pull them out of the mud if you're in the freaking mud? <laughs> like, yeah. It's impossible. So, so I have to maximize me and that's taking care of myself, 100%. I have to be happy with myself. If I'm not happy with myself, how am I going to go into work and help someone else? I have to have an elevated state where I feel good physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, socially. I have to feel good in order to help someone. I can't have you know, these moments where I'm not feeling good or else it's not going to be useful to the other person. It's just not.
0: How, how do you think that relates to somebody who doesn't work in a job that's as, you know, dependent, I guess, or, or associated with relationships and with other people? Like if, if I'm showing up to my software job, and yeah. maybe, you know, I, I have teammates, but it's not as, you know, the goal is not to come out and, and maybe always makes somebody be better. I'm kind of not the the manager the boss or anything like that. Why do you think it's important for me to focus on myself and being content with myself above my software skills? Like why not just have um, a bad diet, bad exercise, all those things and just be good at software almost?
1: I would say number one, if that works for that person and they can maximize yourself by eating garbage and not doing, you know, not sleeping and they can perform well and they feel fine with that, then I, I have nothing to say to those people really. Yes. But if you feel it's not working for you, that's a problem. Then you have to change and not you per se, but those, yeah. those people out there who feel that way and you have to change and say, all right, what, what, what's contributing to me not being my best self? What are those factors? Is it me having a bad diet? Is it me not exercising? Is it me having bad relationships? Is it my attitude? Is it um, you know whatever the case? Am I am I reaching for things that I'm going am I, you know, putting too much emphasis on, you know, going out or relationship? Should I be putting more emphasis on my career? You know, there's different things you have to recalibrate and say, you know, what are your what's that barometer that you're operating off of telling you like you're going in the wrong direction? You know, for me it's my heart. My heart always tells me that that's my compass. If again, it's the pull, I feel pulled in the direction that I'm going in the right direction. If I feel that I'm, you know, eating garbage too much, I'm like, okay, let me tone it down, you know, like that type. So I think for, you know, just maybe just like average, you know, the average person, it's just understanding where you are and figuring out, okay, this doesn't work for me. Let me change. But really, um, I would say more or less you have to be in tune to who you are. It's critical. It's you, the critical piece to this puzzle.
0: In, in, your, in your work, you actually, I feel like, are in a, a great position to confirm these thoughts, right? Like in, in yeah. seeing people who...
1: Well, I live it too.
0: Yeah. So like how, how has that taught you about what is necessary for someone to succeed? Is Is their focus on themselves maybe other than external... Um, things they want to drive toward or contribute yeah.
1: toward right I think having the perspective of um, you know that's been big for me and then understanding like you know why are we here we're here to grow and learn so if you're not growing and learning you're dying in a sense that's my opinion I know it's a little extreme but I really believe that like in a sense where like if you're not changing and evolving and growing you're just stagnant I'm not sure what those people are doing yeah. <laughs> in all honesty. So I, I have, for me, my perspective is you need to grow and learn. So that doesn't mean like start a, you know, a new business every day. You know, that just means, you know, take a little piece of your life and evolve. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You have to evolve. It goes back to what I was saying where I was an inactive participant in life. That doesn't work for me. I need to be an active offensive player in life. Playing on defense would be like me waking up, answering my emails, you know, looking at my phone, taking care of everyone else in life. Now, for me, what works for me is I need to be centered. It's not a selfish, selfish, selfish approach. It's more of let me center myself so I can go out into the world and be useful. And that that could mean you're a stockbroker or anything else. You could Absolutely. be doing whatever you, do. you have. To, so, really, you know, I think it's how much you want out of life? That's what it comes down to, I think. How much do you want it? Like, sometimes people ask me like, oh, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Sometimes I just say to them, well, how bad do you really want it? Yeah. You know, do, you, do you really want it that bad? Or, or is it just something you just kind of like, well, if it happens, it happens. You know, for me, I really wanted this. I I, I wanted it so bad. And it goes back to that um, that proverbial fire. And for me, that's an inferno. And I, <laughs> and you probably know that to be true because you know me fairly well, and I think you could probably vouch for that because um, I will be dedicated because I just I just want to be fulfilled and I care that much about it. Yeah. And like I, if I was a mathematician, I'd go in that direction, but I'm not. So I have to. This is the direction.
0: I I can absolutely vouch for that. I'd say you're you're an exemplary person of uh, who has that kind of fire. You know you. You've yeah. been able, you keep a very, not that you didn't have discipline before, but I think the.
1: I wasn't accessing it properly. Yeah. And
0: channeling it toward the right um, goals, I think has been. Yeah.
1: Um, I think you're correct. Or you are correct. You know, I, you know, just in life, like I just, I just did whatever. And, um, you know, it, it works up until a certain point and then, and then it doesn't. You know, yeah. and that's where you have to make the change. And that could be with anything like uh, there's going to be things in my life over the next year that are just not going to work for me anymore. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, I wasn't as social the last few years. Well, guess what? That doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, that's ending. That, that can't be anymore. You know, it, it was it, it served a purpose for a certain period of time, but that no longer works for me. Like that can't be a part of my life anymore. So I have to change that part of my life. I have to. And the timing is now and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not looking back saying, Oh, I wish this happened five years ago. No, it's just right now. Just do it now.
0: And it's part of your, your point about like the journey, right? Because it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not, you're never going to get to that spot where it's okay. I'm here. Everything's figured out. Never.
1: Never. And once Mrs. McDonough taught me that life lesson, that was huge. And of course I'm still working on it in a sense, but just having the simple perspective of saying, all right, there's other things that are going to come up, that are going to throw me off course, that are out of my control. Just be ready for them. Be yeah. ready. It happens all the time to me. It happens all the time. It happens at work on a daily basis where I have to just sit in stillness for literally five seconds, take a few deep breaths, come back to myself and say, all right, no big deal. Let's just keep going.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's also the other thing is you got to keep going. Don't stop. You know, you can always change course, but don't stop the course completely. Just don't do nothing. That, that, I don't know. You know, you might have, you might need like a reprieve where you need to reassess. But, you know, be cognizant of how long you're staying still for, like how long that period is. Because you want to just keep going. I think people who stop the process completely, um, you know, I think that's kind of dangerous. I'll be honest with you. I, I do. I think that's when you kind of the, the thoughts creep in more. It gives more gives them more time to come in if you're being active and you keep going and you keep being an active participant you're less likely in my opinion to have those occurrences where it's like those thoughts are just flooding and flooding and flooding and you don't give them the that opportunity if you keep going that's just my opinion
0: i agree i mean the the i think about it in so many things that i've done where it's surprising one how much progress you can make by just moving all like frequently and consistently. And if right. I, I, you know, at any time, whenever I've tried to get the podcast going or writing or anything, doing it on one Sunday for five hours is not nearly as, um, beneficial as every single day for 20 minutes. And just having that engine just continue to move. And like you said, it keeps those thoughts out of there that, that are so frequently, you know, the difference between you can be up late at night and I might be thinking about some new path. I want to take some new project I want to work on somehow manage to convince myself that it's not a good idea. I go to sleep, wake up and all of a sudden it's back to being a good idea. And it, it just is such proof that you can psych yourself out. You can, yeah. you know, convince yeah. yourself of, of things, especially if you go outside and you see somebody or, or you're <laughs> online and you see somebody saying, Oh, I have a, project i'm working on that's the same idea or it's similar and then i start telling myself oh it's a bad idea it's crazy how much is is inside our heads
1: right and really what i totally agree and we are our own teachers in a sense right so i i I believe in like just experiencing things and working through those things that's why i think it's huge when um you know you can give you know in a reason in a reasonable way a child the ability to choose because then they can say oh i like i chose soccer let's say a kid they choose soccer over baseball or whatever and they don't like they end up not liking soccer but they go through the season you know and they they realize they don't like it well that's a good thing because now they're forming the that way of thinking okay i have to be aware like what you know then you teach your child well what would you you know what went into that decision of soccer you know what, what, what factors were you putting into that? Oh, I just liked it. Okay, but you liked it, but, you know, let's let's look at it at a deeper level. And you got to teach that, I think, into yeah, a large level. You know, you really do. So that way, when this, that kid is 12, 13, 14, 15, 25, 28, whatever, they've gone through a lifetime of decision-making reasonably, let's say, in a reasonable manner, and then they can become their own teacher and make more wise, conscious, and aware decisions, You know, I think a lot of people, you know, just in general, I was one of them. You just go through life in an unconscious state, you know, meaning you're just unaware. You know, you just make decisions, no rhyme or reason. Yeah. You know, I I don't do that any longer. And I think that leads to unfulfillment because you're just you're disconnected. You're just completely disconnected. You know, so I, I chose to live a connected life where I'm connecting to myself and to all things. And. I try to be as conscious as I possibly can be, and the one thing is, it's a work in progress. Constantly, it's a work in progress. Absolutely. You know, people always ask me, "How'd you do it?" I said, "Look, I used to go to the gym a lot, but you want a big bicep, you got to go to the gym and work it out. Yeah. If you want if you want, it, if you want these things to be true in your life, you have to work at it. it just doesn't. It's just not going to come naturally. We all have that natural ability where we can tap into these things, but you have to sort of work at it because we're conditioned not to have them." in a sense. So you have to recondition yourself, unwire, rewire, and say, okay, this is what I'm choosing. And, you know, the way to do that is to be in stillness, be aware of what's around you, be conscious of what you decide, you know, you know, assess what you're doing. Just don't, you know, just don't Absolutely.
0: You got to have that, like, self-assessment and being able to look into what are the decisions I'm making and such. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, I want, we should finish up here. It's uh sure. I don't want to hold you too long, but before yeah, that I know I know it's a continuous path and all, but um yeah. is there do you have any any memories of a specific time or mm-hmm. uh something that happened when you really felt like, wow, I'm I've kind of made the transition. I'm 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 here. I'm like on the right path.
1: Um yeah, I would say um, I would say when I just in you know just in general it was kind of like timing of, of everything coming together. I would say really early on in 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 my journey of when I transitioned uh, careers um, sort of quickly. I wrote a paper uh, in grad school, and I honestly can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I remember the professor writing like, "Wow, I've never seen anyone." Compare this to this, and I, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. It was a long time ago, but I remember reading her comments on the on the paper, and I was like, "Wow, maybe I maybe I am decent at this." And at this, during that same semester, it was my first semester. Um, I got good. I I felt like I got some nice feedback on a paper, also, and it just sort of gave me confirmation that I was going in the in the right direction. Um, and then my work with uh, students, uh, my first internship that same semester where I felt like I was connecting with them and I felt like I was making a difference in, in a small way, but, but, but really making it some sort of like difference where I was connecting with them. They enjoyed seeing me. I felt like I was doing something. And I, it just those little moments that gave me confirmation that I was going in the right direction. I'd have to say that first semester of going back, to, to, there was just times of like little things along the way where I, I picked up on where I was like, hmm, maybe I have something here. Yeah. To be honest, that's how I would think. Maybe I have something. Those are like, that was literally like my thought, like, maybe I got something here. So those, that kind of was giving me some nice confirmation that I was maybe in the right direction. And then it proved yeah. to proved to be true. But just those little things, just picking up on those things. If I, if I didn't pick up on that stuff, and I was just, you know, chaotically going through life, I might have missed those signals. But um, I was able to pick up on those. But, you know, luckily, so I felt like that gave me a nice confirmation.
0: Well, I'm glad that you got it. I think you're
1: Yeah. Years,
0: well, years down the down the road, it seems like that was uh pushing you in yeah. the right direction, right?
1: Yep, yep, hundred percent. Um I think what was it? A Bob Dylan quote. He had a good quote. He said, I was born very far from where I was supposed to be, and so I'm on my way home. And I feel like that's true for me. Wow. I was born very far from where I'm supposed to be. But I'm it's a journey, so I'm on my way home. And I I really feel that way. I'm on my way home. I feel like I'm, I'm on my way.
0: Well, that's really good, Jim. Uh, I think, on that, I think that's a good spot to end it. Um, sure. Yeah, thanks for thanks, man. Thanks for all the time. Thanks for chatting about all this. I thank you. I hope um, I hope it's as inspiring for others as, as it is for me. And I've heard some of this stuff, but it still is. Do, yeah, you, you, know have any, do you have any suggestions to the people out there who maybe are <laughs> thinking about changing careers, changing changing their, um, where they live, you know, what they're, what, what they, you know, maybe they feel like they were born far away from home. Um, Mm -hmm. any suggestions for habits, for the way they look at things, for anything that can help them move in that right direction?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, and thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. And it's, these are things I've always sort of wanted to do. And this is probably for me, the first step in sharing my story sort of publicly. So I appreciate you giving me the platform, but, um, to your question, um, sort of just picking up the things that we talked about along the way of being happy with yourself—it's critical. You know, what are those factors that are leading you to make that decision, right? If you have a problem in New York, well, oh, I'm just going to move to Florida. Well, is that going to solve your problem? You know, you're probably just going to take your problem with you. So you have to really dive deep and go inward, right? That would be a good example of just reaching and yeah. you know going outward to try to solve it. So I would say. If you're looking to change careers or looking to move, you know, being in tune with yourself. Why are you making that decision? Is this not really gonna make you happy, but are you gonna be happy with yourself? You know, being happy is a very, very broad thing, in my opinion. It's a broad idea, it's a broad concept, being happy. I think I think we have to narrow that and we have to say, okay, I need to be happy with myself. So how do how do you be happy with yourself? Well, you're the one making the decision, so you have to be happy with your decisions. So you have to really think through your decision-making process and what's driving you to make those decisions. Are they going to make you fulfilled? Is it purposeful of your life? You know, what's the purpose? You know, really assessing those factors, are, I think, are key. And let your heart be the director. Let it be the conductor. Um, you know, when you're able to connect your logic, your, your brain – to your heart, I think that's huge. I think people who just think and do, I think, really in my heart, I think you have to connect it to and go really more from a heart-centered approach as opposed to a cerebral approach. Um, that would be my main thing in all. Of, you know, my main, um, you know, something I would really want people to understand is do it from a heart-centered approach. Feel yeah. pulled. Feel pulled to your decision.
0: I think those are great great words of wisdom and the people I've met and the people I know that are the happiest have you know made decisions in their life and career decisions where they live things like that from the heart and it's not there's not too many questions when you're uh or too many regrets when you're making decisions from the heart so yeah I think those are good totally. good words of advice there thank All you. right Jim uh thank yeah. you for the time thanks again and uh yeah we'll we'll talk soon
1: all right, Sounds good. Thank you, Corey.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Settle the Far. All the music you hear comes from Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates. You can find Settle the Far on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, where please subscribe, rate, review. Give me a five-star rating. You can also find Settle the Far on podcast.coreygarvey.com, where you can give me feedback and let me know what guests you'd like to hear from. Until next time, stay healthy, stay inside, and stay inspired, people.